Okay. All right, you guys. Hi, I'm here with Char Dr. Charles Koss. So he's an ancient earth. Well, I don't know. What do you call yourself? Like, how would you, how, what do you, he's a, he's a YouTuber slash researcher slash author. He's like more Indiana Jonesy than me, really. But uh, he's, he's like a, a researcher, maybe. Would you say that? You could say that. You could call it, you know, an ancient mysteries researcher. Um, you could call it a historian, an archaeologist. I suppose you're an archaeologist too, right? Uh, I'm, I'm, I formally, like academically, I'm an art historian, but I'm more interested in archaeology. Yeah. So, so that's archaeology. They're art historians. They're art connoisseurs, aren't they? Yeah, exactly. It's, it's an art more than a science, really. So I, but I actually am really obsessed with rocks. Like I, I have a minor in geology and I've been like, I'm really, I, I look, I like my strata and I like fossils and like, I don't know. I mean, I'm into all that. Just anything uh, old or UFO or future. I'm kind of like in both worlds. So, yeah. And I see you are too. You have you have some theories in, in all those realms. So we're going to get to that. So, okay. First question I kind of wanted to get to with it is, so you have a PhD in history, correct? Correct. Okay. So how, like being in the formal academia world or setting or coming from that, how do you then, do you get a lot of pushback from being in kind of like the alternative ancient history mysteries world? Well, well, no, actually, because they tend to mind their own business. They're too busy with their own work and they, they just push their own work. This is, this is how it works. They're just, um, the academics are, uh, uh, they're, they're, they're very self-oriented and they're, they're always pushing their own work. Um, they're not really... Honestly, and I have to say, you know, I've had not much interaction with them, uh, to be perfectly honest. I made a book about pyramids uh, a few years ago, maybe six years ago, and I've had not much interaction at all uh, or interest at all, which leads me to, to suspect these guys, they're only interested in their own work. They're not interested in finding out the truth by reading other works. Yeah, I think that's true for sure. <laughs> but it's, it is interesting how you have people like... Um... Graham Hancock seems to get a lot of pushback. A lot of, I guess it depends on like the more famous you become, the more they'll start ah, balking, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Well, exactly. I, I mean, Graham Hancock was on the, the BBC Panorama uh, program, like uh, I think it was in the mid 90s. I remember I saw it pop up on TV and and, and I thought, well, what the hell is this? He's going on about 10,500 BC. This is going to be controversial. So <laughs> it turned out to be very controversial and they, uh, yeah, they didn't like it too much, did they? No, they didn't. And, you know, and even even like he's been on, um, oh, I can't remember that guy who was on Joe Rogan with him, who was like a skeptic, who was kind of like, like battling him on everything that he said. I find those, the, those kind of programs very, some people like really get off on, on, on that. And I, I don't like that. It's just too much, too anxiety, too much anxiety for me. Okay, so how did you get into all this? How did you, how did you, you know, start getting, okay, so like, let's, let's just say that you're into, there's a lost ancient civilization. So walk us through that and how you got into that. Okay, so basically, I've always been into Eric von Daniken's books. His books are amazing. I read them as a, ch a small child. I read them as a bigger child. I read them as a teenager. 
uh, and I kept reading them and I've read most of them. And he has, uh, he has some very interesting theories about man's knowledge in the past. And, he, and he's shown that uh, man had some kind of high technology in the past. And he, he, he you know, suggests the possibility that maybe it's, maybe it's something from outer space, maybe it's aliens, maybe it's ET seeding mankind, maybe it's something else beyond which we understand. And that idea in the 60s was very popular. And it's been refined these days into simply, you know, an ancient lost civilization of humans, because that's easier. That's easier for us, isn't it? That's easier for us to understand. And maybe it's more likely. So this lost civilization of humans, I was reading, um, I, was, I was in university library in like 2000, early 2000s and uh, just browsing everything. And they have amazing collections. And they had a, a whole shelf full of books of the Indian Mahabharata. And the, the Mahabharata, I think it means something like the Great India or something. It's a holy book. And for them, it's holy to read it, just to read all of it. And it's huge. It's a whole shelf of books. And I open it. It's all about literally spaceships, high technology, missiles, anti-missile missiles, nuclear weapons, ancient warfare. What the hell's going on? So I thought to myself, yeah, okay. So it seems there was some high-tech civilization because we can understand that as technology, but perhaps even the transcribers of this book in the Stone Ages or later times would be unable to understand this. So what's going on? So does it go into venomas or uh, and like a you know like places that can only be like that place in uh, what is it in Sri Lanka, Sargata, the one that's like on a rock plateau that the only way you could get to it is flying? Is it go into like that kind of stuff or? Yeah, yeah. It talks about flying cities. Uh, it talks about a. Uh, it talks about the demons who are flying in a in a city which has bright shining lights. Uh, it says they're shot out of the sky. Uh, they have one city uh, which uh, to escape from um, another set of uh, uh, gods, they, they fly underwater. And in order to destroy them, um, they actually, uh, they actually uh, drop something like a nuke on the ocean and, and they evaporate the ocean in order to destroy their, their city. So, wow. uh, yeah, yeah, I know. And I'm reading all this and I'm thinking, you know, uh, okay, there's something, there's something going on here because the people who write this book uh, would be unable to fully grasp what, what happened. And why is it a holy book in the first place? Why do they preserve this for generations? It must be because they don't want the memory of this to be lost. Yeah, but it, it's, it's odd that it, in, a, in a way it is lost because like there's, yeah. I, I don't know, people don't pay attention to any of this kind of thing. So Okay, so based on all your research and travels and everything you've done right now, like, where do you kind of, where are you currently sitting on? What's the story? Like, if you had to paraphrase, what's the story of our past? Like, so are you going with, like, are, is it, is it just man? Is it like gods? Is it aliens? Is it like, did they go somewhere? Are they breakaway civilization? Did they die off? Was it a comet? Do you think it's, it's, um, like, what's your, what's your, what's your take on all of it? You know what? It's many catastrophes. Um, it's many catastrophes. Uh, for example, even starting 30,000 years ago, there seems to have been a big catastrophe, which started to destroy all the giants, all the megafauna. 
Um, I theorize that uh, one way this could have happened is, uh, uh, well, you know, I'll, I'll say, I reckon the earth shrank, you know, I reckon the earth's a different size to what it used to be. If, 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 if people talk about expanding it, if it can expand, it can shrink. You shrink the earth, raise the oceans, and you, you, not only that, but when you lift up water from underground, you release air bubbles uh, and toxic gases. And this could have wiped out, this could be responsible for wiping out all this stuff. I'm actually a bit skeptical about comets and stuff from outer space. You know, they, they, they talk just uh, very easily about a comet coming down, hitting the atmosphere and uh, evaporating all the ice in the Arctic and all rains down. And I'm thinking, is there really enough energy in a cometary impact to do all this stuff? Or is it something that the earth's doing? Or is it something that the sun's doing? And I'm more inclined to believe those things. But yeah, there's, there's been bombardment from space, Carolina Bays in America, yeah. Um, what happened to Egypt in 3100 BC? The civilization was wiped out and started again from Dynasty One. The, the old history was wiped out. And they think it's because of a comet which may have impacted in Austria. And I read in the controversial Aria Linda manuscript that uh, it, they say there was a great catastrophe and all of Germany was burnt up. And I'm thinking, hmm, if this is an invented so-called forged manuscript, it, it sounds pretty much like what happened in, in Austria that they theorize happened. So there you go. So back to the shrinking and the, and the expanding earth. Okay, so you have the concept of Pangea, how everything like fit, fit together as a, as a, you know, like one thing, like you could, well, you definitely can see it with like South America and Africa, like that totally looks like it goes into each other. But then, so are you, so do you think that it's almost like the earth breathes in and breathes out, like it shrinks and it expands, or do you think it's like ever shrinking or like what, like how, cause, cause I, I hear, I've also followed the electric universe and they have whole other theories on like what's going on with all that, but they don't believe in uh, continents or continental drift, the continental drift theory at all. So, 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 so walk us through what the shrinking and the expanding earth thing, thing is for you. Sure thing. So, um, so like you, Nikki, I too did a geology subject at uni and we had a, a, a professor uh, called Ian, Ian Plimmer and he's quite uh, famous uh, because he speaks uh, about, uh, he actually opposes some of the climate change theories and he, but I, we won't, I won't go into any of that. But anyway, he has a theory that, yes, the earth is expanding. And this guy was the head of the geology department at Melbourne Uni. You know, he, see, he knows what he's doing. He's written about 100 papers. And he said, yes, the earth is probably expanding. And he said, in future, it won't just be plate tectonics. It'll be a combination of plate tectonics and expanding earth, which is taught to students. And he reckons that's a, that's a, a decent way to explain you know, the separating of the continents. But the thing is, if the earth is expanding, if it can change size in one direction, What's to stop it changing size in the other direction? Good point. That's the thing. What's to stop it changing size in the other direction? So I, I sort of think to myself, um, uh, and anything that expands can shrink. Uh, engineers know this. And what's the mechanism for this? So I was thinking maybe uh, there's a, we don't know, we, we don't know what's powering the inside of the earth. We say, oh, look, there's radioactivity, there's all this. I reckon it's a type of star, a small type of star, and stars are known to change size. That's one of the things that's responsible for their variability. 
And with the change in size, boom, what's happening to the crust? Well, the crust is a garbage layer floating on the surface. We're literally floating. And an earthquake is, you know, just a, you know, it's a, it's a, it's like rocking the boat, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so if the earth shrinks, uh, uh, well, this can cause changes. Could it have uplifted the Altiplano in uh, Bolivia. Now, I'm not, I'm not convinced it was uplifted, but uh, Artur Prusnansky thought that the Altiplano was uplifted out of, a, out of a, something that he said was at the equator. He said, no, he said it was at sea level. And he said it was uplifted. So if you're compressing the earth, boom, you create mountains. Suddenly there is a mechanism for mountain formation. Whereas before they only said, oh, the continent's coming together. is right. causing mountain formation. Okay. Um, same thing with Salt Lake in uh, Utah. I mean, that's also kind of an, I mean, that's like, I heard you talk about some of the other examples of just randomized giant salt lakes that, you know, have some sea creatures in them and you're like, okay, just randomly. Oh, that's right. I mean, um, cool. Yeah. When, uh, so for example, in geology for hundreds of years, they've been looking, there have been the flood people and the ice age people. And the, the, the flood people looked at striated rocks with scratches on them and they said, oh, the flood pushed them around. And then later on they said, oh, glaciers pushed them around. So another type of water pushed them around. And the flood people said, hang on, uh, look, at that, look at those lakes high up in altitude in the mountains. They're saltwater lakes, like, uh, like I think it's like Van in uh, Turkey. And why what, have what, what they got salt in them? What's going on? And you, you actually find salt lakes everywhere. I know I'm not convinced they're necessarily ocean salt, but lots of these lakes do have ocean creatures in them. We don't know why. They've got mysterious creatures from the distant past in, in some of these lakes, some of these deep uh, lakes. And uh, that was used as an argument for, um, uh, I think it was used as an argument for the flood, but it could also be used uh, geologically as an argument for, for, for radical changes in, in, in the level in, in more recent times than we suspect. Well, I always go back to um, like when I'm looking at, you know, like right now I've been hunting amorites, like uh, the, the, you know, the, the shells like this, but I have a bunch of ones that are like as big as a tire. And um, I'm in Dallas area, they're all over it. And you go to a construction site and when they dig far enough down, you can, when they aren't working on the weekends or whatever, you can go in, you can like search and you can find some. Uh, and I'm, and the, like, as I'm like working this, I'm going, you know, everything. Like if you think of woolly mammoths, dinosaurs, like all this other, anything, any little shells that you would find from way back when, something was different about the earth that that either everything got to be older or I, there were there was it wasn't just like it was giant because it was giant like there was something within the atmosphere that allowed for it to also be giant like even the leaves even the plants even the when you find prehistoric uh, palm leaves or something they're they're huge way bigger than our stuff is now so i'm just kind of thinking like um we had to have had a different gravity or because it, it can't just be like a different air it had to also be um, for example the biggest uh, animal that we have right now is a uh, what blue well or something like maybe a sperm well some kind of well 
and it would if it was out of water it would compact on its own skeleton like it's it's too heavy to even support its own weight like our gra it's the gravity would condense on it so i think about the same thing dinosaurs wouldn't technically be able even if a dinosaur was like jurassic park like bred and was able it would die because it would crush its own self with our gravity so i i think to myself like well then there's there was there was we there's something about the earth that we 100% do not know and don't understand without yeah yeah absolutely and i i actually have similar experiences like you go out in western victoria you see where there used to be like chasms where there used to be mighty rivers and things and and they, they talk about an ice age as responsible for all this at the moment. You know, that's the current theory. Temperatures were much lower and the, there were glaciers that got, they use glaciers for everything at the moment. Right. But maybe, maybe there were other factors involved because I've noticed humans have this kind of tunnel vision. You know, we just see, we see one thing, you know, we just see one thing at a time and we're not aware that there's so many things at work at play but, you know, I, I totally agree with you. Um, the earth was, you get the experience as a naturalist as you are, you know, walking out in the bush, you see, or in the desert, you see that, yes, it wasn't like this before. And mm -hmm. it was very different. Yeah, for sure. I've seen, I've, I've felt that as well. I mean, like I, I've been in the middle of the desert and found shark teeth. You know, I found some aquatic dinosaur teeth in Northern uh, Texas. I mean, there it's all over, it's just crazy. But I mean, I also found a bunch of petrified wood when I was walking around the Egypts and, 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 you know, so I, right around the bent pyramid, I picked up like a piece of petrified wood about this big. So yeah. that, that obviously wasn't always like that either. So maybe that could go with some kind of what, what happened at there at some point. So anyway, um, okay, so let's see. Okay, so tell us about your books. Like you, you have, you just wrote one in 2020, right? I wrote I wrote one, but then I, I saw it was not quite finished, so I had to remove it, and I'm still working on it. I've got no time to work on it, uh, but that was called Proof of the Gods, and I will finish it, and that contains lots of latest stuff that I've put on my YouTube channel, uh, lots of latest theories and stuff, which basically show that in the ancient past, yes, there was, there was a high-tech civilization on the planet, one of the proofs of which is uh, DNA, if you want to hear about it. Let's hear so, it. Come on. The thing is, in the Bible, so what happened was this. I'm sitting at home, and we're talking about the Bible. I'm talking to my brother, and 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 we're talking about, you know, the, the rib, the Adam's rib, and it's used to make Eve, is it not? And, and my bro says, yeah, so there's one missing. And then I'm, I'm looking at him, and I say, one missing. And there's something turning up in my brain, and I'm thinking, hang on a sec. Uh, Adam really does have one missing with his, uh, the, the, the Y chromosome is called a Y chromosome in Adam, in, in man, because it's shorter than in the female. And that's the, that's the genetic difference between males and females. So hang on a sec. So how come the Bible is accurate with regards to chromosomes, right? And the thing is, um, we have 24 uh, ribs, 12 on each side. One missing is 23. So we have 23 pairs of chromosomes, 46 chromosomes, 23 alleles, one missing. So we have one missing in that way as well. So hang on, uh, is, is it actually talking about chromosomes? Is it talking about DNA? Is it talking about 
did they take Adam's DNA and create a woman just with that DNA? And is that some ancient genetic experiment? That's but technology. In a weird we way, we almost have to be inverso because like we all start out with the double X and how you, how you become a boy is like, you have to lose. Like, like when you're, when we're embryos, we're all, we all start out as female and then like a male is developed within six weeks or something. I can't remember. Like you, so it's, it's weird that it would have to be, it seems like it would be different if it was like, we all started out with the X and a Y. And then if, if, if you grew another leg and became in double X and then you became a, a chick that, yeah. yeah it's a funny story it is a funny yeah. story that's it's interesting i haven't thought about it like that but yeah i mean a and, lot of stuff with the dna is, is really is starting to come out more and more interesting and i mean i do think that ancient times they obviously i mean we have we have examples of skulls that have been had surgery on in like south america and what and and then healed over and were were i mean they did they had some medical knowledge that we don't even know about Oh, definitely, definitely, yeah. They, um, yeah, and 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 I kind of think if they if they did, because you know I don't know for sure, but if they did, it was it was in really far off times, you know, like even before ten thousand BC, because what archaeologists find is just you know Stone Age all the way. So it was really it was a really long time ago. So do you think that? Um... So do you think that everybody just sort of naturally died off? Like, like, let's talk about giants. Okay. Like the redheaded giants or the giants. Like, so do you think that these, this group of hominins just maybe, I don't know, maybe they uh, could no longer live in the earth. Cause like the atmosphere, maybe they're like the same thing as the, you know, woolly mammoths were like, they're just too big for like the giant sloths or whatever. Like they're too big to like live anymore. Um, do you think they just sort of got killed off? uh died in all these deluges or do you think that um they are the gods and maybe they went somewhere uh, i think they i think they they died off and also they were um they were probably genocided um i think um giants would include in the bible would probably include giant creatures such as dinosaurs um they are finding dinosaurs with flesh attached with feathers attached um in swamps yeah yeah likely they've been finding it they found a t-rex with feathers so um th these things seem to have died a lot more recently than they're suggesting there's a fellow uh in the u.s and uh, I, I forget who he is or where he's from but he's been doing carbon dating and he, he sent off bits of dinosaurs to the laboratories and they said um we're not going to test this because it won't be accurate that's a dinosaur you're showing us it's you know the 65 million years old it won't be accurate right. but the ones who do test it for him, it comes back to around 30,000 BC, which is when uh, the, the, the comet bombardments occurred in America, uh, the Carolina Bays. So uh, I reckon these dinosaurs have been around recently. They were called dragons. We know about dragons in mythology. Um, and uh, it, otherwise it would be a, bit, a little bit of a coincidence uh, as to why we've got these dragons and, and no dinosaurs to explain them in the mythology. So that's one type of giant. And as for the redheads, uh, the redheads, they, they seem to have lived in uh, Central Europe, Eastern Europe. I believe they originated alchemy. They took it around the world. They made alchemical stone monuments with alchemical melted stone facades. Where did they go? 
I think they were genocided. There, there's always there's always been hatred, actually, of, of unfortunately, of ginger people. You know, and I think it might be genetic. That was, uh, you know, it's true. I mean, you look at, for example, um, the, the British themselves are red-headed people. The red-headed people from Central East Europe and Britain. That's where they come from. And it, it, the, the English themselves are partly red-headed. And, 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 and they did incredible discrimination against the even more red-headed Irish throughout their history. You know, the, if you go to Ireland, they always go on about how bad the English were and, and they used to pick on the, the redheads. That's how they knew they were Irish. I reckon, I reckon there's some hatred in humans of redheads, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I have a, a lot of redheads in my family. So, um, yeah. <laughs> okay so you think that atlantis is old do you still think this like you're you're tell us okay i'm not gonna i'm not gonna spoil it you tell us where you think atlantis is and what atlantis is for you because i think this is really interesting okay so atlantis is um ancient uk and the reason for this is you look at you look at where the strength is in the world um in the last few hundred years it's been it's been uk uh, among a few other European countries. Um, they're, they're, they're an island, they're sheltered, um, they've got plenty of redheaded genius people, redheads are very intelligent. And the other thing about them is um, being sheltered from Europe, that they can have a naval empire, they've had metal, we know that ancient metal was used, uh, was traded, was uh, dug up there, and it was traded with the Mediterranean. Uh, what I did was I found a, a, a map uh, in, a, in a, a medieval chronicle that I actually studied uh, as part of my PhD, written by a, a very uh, careful monk called Matthew Paris. And he seems to have written, uh, transcribed an ancient map. I reckon this map is a, at least 5,000 years old because it places Silbury Hill right in the centre of England. And he didn't know what Silbury Hill was, but he wrote Salisbury or Silbury on the map. And not only that, but there's a road going north, there's a road going east-west, and the road going north has a couple bridges. And in the Atlantis legend, it says they, they, they had uh, roads to the north in Atlantis with bridges to the north. And where were canals dug? The Atlanteans dug canals. We know the Britons uh, dug canals, the dikes. They may have been flooded with water at one time. Uh, Britain is the way to other islands, perhaps to the opposite continent, which is America, that it's, that's in the Atlantis legend. There's no other country which is the, the way to other islands and then to the opposite continent. That's it, that's Britain, that's the ancient UK. And we know the ancient UK sank Doggerland next door to it and parts of the UK itself uh, are now underwater, parts of Wales, ancient architects put out a well, video. And Doggerland did sink, what, 30,000 years ago? Or when did dog no i think doggerland sank during the younger dryas doggerland sank like twelve thousand years ago or something it started to sink at that time that's when that's when temperatures actually what happened was temperatures actually really uh that yeah they cooled down in the younger dryas and they really warmed up and people actually moved there and then it sunk and by about i reckon it was all over by about uh 5000 to 3000 bc is what they're saying that's about when ancient Egypt pops up, isn't it? Yep. So I reckon the Egyptians are from there, partly. Not all of them, obviously, but some of them, some of their ancestors are from, from there. And that's why they have the Atlantis legend in Egypt, because they're actually from there. Why, why else would they have a, a legend then about the Atlantis? Do you think that um, 
so okay so you think stonehenge is connected to the atlantis civilization like salisbury avebury like all that like you think that's all those that megalithic culture was probably old atlantis i'm not so sure about stonehenge uh but certainly silbury hill uh would be connected to the atlantis legend um silbury is also probably um it is probably avalon as well uh, where King Arthur was was uh, buried, because it, it's probably the sacred place, which would make King Arthur a prehistoric king. We can't find him in the Dark Ages. He may as well have been prehistoric. I reckon actually King Arthur, because he actually took over foreign countries. He's mixed up with Roman generals who also took over foreign countries around England or parts of France, but there's something prehistoric about him. Merlin built Stonehenge. So that this puts him in prehistory. There have been books on this saying uh, one called Arthur's Place in Prehistory. If he was a prehistoric king, that sort of gels with the idea of ancient UK or if it was Atlantis being a naval power, taking over bits of the continent, which they did because we know the Beaker culture on the Atlantic coast was a strong naval power. These were the people who built Stonehenge and they had the same culture all up and down the Atlantic coast in archaeology. Hmm. Okay, so what do you think about have you have you looked at um, that bright insights that Jimmy guys thing on the uh, on uh, the what is it the eye the Sahara being Atlantis or yeah like do, what, what do you think about that whole theory. Yeah, I, I, you know, you know what it's a, it's an interesting theory it was originated by uh, a guy called mud fossil uh, the mud fossil channel he has interesting ideas that um, all stones are actually biologically formed. Uh, I think he goes a bit too far, and I think he may have gone a bit too far with this theory as well. Uh, the main objection I have, and also that uh, a channel called CFAPS has, his name's Chuck, uh, is yeah. that Atlantis should, have, should be underwater um, with all the rises of sea levels. And this thing is actually, uh, it, it looks to me like some kind of mountain volcano. And... Um, Although I have I, heard people, like there is some blogs about people who've actually somehow made it there and they do say there is like um pottery shards and there are artifacts like around the the eye of the sahara so they do say like even if it wasn't atlantis it was something because there was there is evidence of civilization there i guess that's that's something i've read in blogs i don't know how true it is but yeah i, I don't know how true it is either and i've read the same thing and yeah, I guess there would be, you know, there would be artifacts there. If it's a mountain, it's sacred. Maybe it was used as a fortress uh, back in the Ice Age when Sahara was green, for sure. Um, you know, I mean, no one's, no one's got a time machine. No one knows for sure. Maybe, you know, maybe it was, but I mean, uh, we, we, you know, there's something interesting about it. But I mean, uh, to me, it can't be Atlantis because it's- Maybe Atlantis was just Doggerland never put that together but maybe that was what uh, was. that's what that's what i'm thinking because most of the sinking that happened you know was was in the we can see where the sea levels used to be was in the atlantic uh around uk and that's a that's a strong part of the legend so hmm. uh we're not i'm not really seeing that in, in africa like uh, jimmy did show some 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 things which didn't convince me he found a website showing that that part of africa actually used to be uh, underwater at one time so it did actually sink and then suddenly for some reason it's no longer underwater I don't know why I don't know if that's well, accurate I do, I do think when you look at even if you just look at Google Earth it does almost look like there was a major tsunami or some kind of like wash of I mean because like all the all the, the sand is like a striation it, it could look like it could be some kind of giant 
tsunami type event who knows but i mean also the mountain range there is called atlas but agreed um you're right about that yeah the tsunami yeah uh could be could have been the same event um atlas the, the, see the problem with jimmy's argument uh you know he, he's a, he's fantastic but that the problem is these people that lived there were not called the Atlanteans, they were called the Atlantides. And at, at, an, at, at, an Atlantid is in, in Greek a pillar. So the, the reason these are the Atlas Mountains is that the Atlas was, a, he was acting as a pillar holding up the part of the world or something, right. something like that. And so this mean, this part, part of the world doesn't mean Atlantic, it means, it means uh, it, it's kind of means pillars. And that's sort of where the name comes from. Uh, Atlantic means of uh, Atlantis. Uh, no, Atlantis means of the of the Atlantic. Of it, I tell you what, it's related, but okay. I, it's, okay. it's some same. kind of relation. But yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so what? So tell us your big UFO. Like, how do you tie all this into UFOs? So, what do you think UFOs are? So I think UFOs are a very small type of star. I don't think stars are fully nuclear. They're sure they've got nuclear reactions happening in them when they get to a certain size. But I think the phenomena is not fully understood by physicists because they refuse to tackle ball lightnings. They refuse to look at all UFOs. Alan Hynek, who worked on Project Blue Book, um, was a, he was a, a PhD astrophysicist and he did a catalog of all the UFO sightings. He found that most UFOs look like a round beach ball, the color of the setting sun. So it's a kind of ball, a, a kind of a star-like object. Mm -hmm. And this can change color. Um, it, I noticed it changes all the colors of the, the stars are in the sky. Um, we know there are phenomena such as sonar luminescence where a ball of fire appears in water when you vibrate that water, when you shake it around. There's so much about physics, we don't quite understand how it works. And there are these ball-like things. We know about orbs, orbs are photographed. People say it's just dust. Well, what about the other orbs? What about the ball lightnings? Are they just dust too? Um, so this is what I think UFOs mainly are, but I, I don't know the whole picture about UFOs because there's some intelligence behind them. There's intelligence behind ball lightnings as well. But the thing is, I think what they mainly are is actually a comet tail coming out of the central sun inside the earth. And that's why we get it at nighttime. That's why the UFOs occur at nighttime. Yeah. It's, uh, and it's being pushed away by our sun and, and, and it goes literally through us. So there's phenomena. So people have seen UFOs pop up out of the water. People have seen UFOs actually fly off into space and become something like a star. I think that's part of the comet tail. That's, uh, that's my take on it. But I'll acknowledge, I'll tell you what, that there are, there, there are other aspects to the mystery which are, totally baffling and totally strange and i'm talking about ufos masquerading as things masquerading as submarines masquerading as aircraft um bruce uh, a guy called bruce cornett uh ufologist in america has done recordings of ufos and he's found that they actually ma masquerade aircraft noises but they actually play them in reverse like they're not even playing them properly uh so it's it's very weird yeah i've also heard a lot of i've heard i've heard a couple of people talk about like the black helicopter phenomenon and how they've they've seen it morph into black helicopters and then morph back into like an orb kind of thing. So it's almost right. like they've used like this unmarked black helicopter as a camouflage or something. So there is, um, you know, I, 
one of the craziest things that people don't talk about it much, but if you really want to see some orbs is like, I, I went to, I did a video called uh, on Marfa lights and I went down to Texas and this has been going on since the 1800s. Like the native Americans used to go out to this one particular field to view, to view, to view these ball lightnings, or they don't know what they call them. They just call them the Marfa lights. And my grandmother saw them when she was a little kid. And so I've been out there six or seven times. I never saw them. And finally this year I went out with the girl and I played my crop circle sounds. And I was like, I'm, I'm going to see the Marfa lights tonight. It's happening. And it happened, totally happened. But what's interesting is what you, you said about how you think they're stars. Well, they danced around. There were, they were different colors or whatever for about an hour. They danced around for us. I filmed as much as I could, but it, it, it films like 10% of what it really was looking with my eyes, you know? Anyway, this shooting star like comes like just it looks like a regular shooting star goes boom and it it swoops down and joins them. We were like, oh my god, what 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 is that? What is this? What? Uh, so I yeah, I think you might be on to some kind of weird thing with it being um like what like you. So you're kind of saying that the ball lightning or orbs might be a our central sun or our central star inside the earth, if that's a thing, it might be a thing. Uh, it's almost some kind of expulsion of that, correct? Yeah, these are the, these are the plasma, plasma magnetic emanations and that's why they can join each other. Uh, they, can, they can separate because it's, by the time, it, 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 assuming the central sun's in, deep inside the earth, you know, by the time it gets out to about where we are, it, it would be kind of weak. And we, it would be a rare phenomena as well. If it was stronger, maybe we'd see it all literally all the time. Well, Australia cool. has the Mew Mew. Mew Mew, I don't know if I'm saying that. The Mew Mew lights. Have you ever heard of that? Uh, uh, Min Min. Min Min. Yeah, there you go. Sorry, I can't speak English, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> what, what are those? Have you ever seen that? Uh, I haven't seen it, but what they are is the thing is they will they are lights in the desert, and they if you're in a car they will follow the car, and I'm thinking why will they follow the car? It's because the car's made of metal, so that basically there's something magnetic going on. Um, there's heaps of iron in a car, and uh, so there's something physics going on here. But this is something physicists won't even touch because I have to say, you know what, physics is fail. Physics is a failure. They talk about they put they lump everything in the universe into gravity, like you know about electric universe, mm -hmm. and they lump everything in about UFOs into uh, it doesn't exist. You know, this is not physics. This is not science. You know, let's you know we should investigate this stuff, don't right. you reckon? Or or they're really popular with the 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 quantum. You know, everything's quantum, which we can't actually view. We don't have the instrumentation to view, but it's there. It's all, you know, it's quirks and strings and even smaller quantum, quantum, which I'm not saying it's not, but it's, I mean, that's like, I mean, you have to take that on their word for it. Yeah, and I have a spin on that too. I reckon they're all, they're all little types of miniature lightning, all those little particles they're seeing, they're just little, they're little electrical sparks basically. And I reckon they're, they're, they're calling them all particles. But what, what they are is it's more and more, they're little, I think they're little electrical emanations. And, and I, I, re, I really think they're, um, uh, you know, whether, you know, whether particles on, you know, who really knows, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> too, too small for us, you know? Right. If you can't, if you can't, uh, I don't know. I feel like if you can't do anything with these particles exactly or manipulate them or really uh, get, 
them observable on a, on a pattern, then I, you know, then you're no better than the rest of us with our ancient earth theories in some ways. Um, but I digress. So tell me about the, the, um, the uh, burial mounds, like the, you, you, so actually, actually, where have you physically traveled to? Cause it seems like you've done a lot of, of traveling and also you have like 500 and something videos on YouTube. So that's crazy. So walk me through that. Um, so I've been to America, um, Serpent Mound, and in the Serpent Mound, I saw British-style mounds nearby, circular around barrows. Um, I need to go there. Also, near Serpent Mound, Ohio, there's hill fortresses in the hills made out of stone. Uh, been around Michigan, went to the Paulding Light in northern Michigan to see that. Uh, it's basically... Uh, Probably, it's probably car headlights, but I think it's something to do with the, there is actually on that road, there is actually an old power line. I reckon there might have been ball lightning shooting off that. Wow. And I've been around Europe, just uh, England, Ireland, Germany and Poland and, and, and Netherlands. And that's it. That's, that's all the traveling I've done, uh, except for around Australia. Well, that's and, crazy because it's like, I'm from America. I live in America. I know a flight attendant. I can go anywhere. And I've never, I've never been to Serpent Mount. I've never been, I've done, I have done like, I've done a lot of the New Mexico and you, I've done the Four Corners area. I've done all the um, ruins, like the Aztec and uh, Native American ruins. I've done that. That's cool. But I have not gotten into the mounds yet. Like I, I know it's something I need to go in, but it's like, that's in my backyard. I could go do that now. I don't know what I'm not doing that. Uh, that is, so that's fascinating that you are, you're from Australia and you've already come and done the mounds in the US. So that's, yeah. Well, a few um, of them. I mean, you got so much. I tell you what, there's, there's heaps in America. Yeah, well, uh, it's not common knowledge though. It, it, it wouldn't be something that most people would um, know about or talk about, which is also kind of insane and crazy how that works. So, okay, like um, what's your thing on, you said you had like a, a or, you did your dissertation on Robin Hood. Are you still fascinated with Robin Hood? Is that something that you you have a thing for? Oh yeah, I've, I've always <laughs> I've always loved Robin Hood and the story of Robin Hood as a child. Uh, reading Rosemary Sutcliffe's books on King Arthur and Robin Hood and and people of, and this is a mysterious character. So, you know, when I, I was doing this as a PhD, and, and my professor said to me, like, I actually wanted to do the Templars. I wanted to show that they're devil worshippers. And the professor said, no, 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 no. Firstly, if you do this, you're going to have to do it in ancient Greek. You're going to have to learn Greek, do it in Greek, because they're all, they're, that's what they were speaking over there. And secondly, I think they were good men persecuted by the Pope. And so I did Robin Hood. And he said, of course, this won't be some great political character. This will be some obscure outlaw. But I found out he was a great political character. He was a Yorkshireman, a knight. That's why he was good to, he was very chivalrous. He, he had knightly qualities. And he was actually a guy called uh, Robert of Thwing. Thwing is a village in northern Yorkshire. And this is where all the rebels came from, from Yorkshire. And uh, this guy, uh, you want to hear about it? Yeah, let's hear about it. Like, why not? Okay. I like Robin Hood. So in 1213, King, this, you've heard of Magna Carta, right? Yeah. So we all know about Magna Carta. Magna Carta was some kind of proto-parliamentary movement where the nobles said, we want to have our own kind of parliament. We want to have a say. And he, they gave in 1215, King John, a long document. They forced him to sign it. He signed it reluctantly. But what caused this? Well, what happened was in 1213, he actually gave England to the Pope. England became a papal territory. 
And the nobles said, well, what does this mean? Are, we, are you no longer the king? Because the, the, the nobles hated the guy. That's why he had to do this to, as protection. And they said, well, what's going on now? Are we, not, are we no longer nobles? And lots of Italian nobles started arriving in Britain and kind of saying, oh, this is this, we'll have this, we'll have a bit of that. And this guy, Robin Hood, his land was interfered with, Robert of Fling. And what happened was this. Um, the Chief Justice of England, that was the Prime Minister of the time, was a guy called Hubert de Burr, uh, ancestor of Christa Burr, singer of uh, Lady in Red. Oh. Uh, and he gave to this guy forged documents with the king's seal. And it stamped with the king's seal. The king didn't know about this. Henry III had no clue. And it said, to whom it may concern, these men are allowed to do anything signed by the king. So this guy, Robert of Thwing, went all around England, looting all the barns owned by these Italians and emptying them of food, selling it very cheaply to everybody, and then throwing the coins to the poor or um, just giving it away. And he, he did this for six months in the whole of England. The Pope wrote letters to the king saying, what the hell is going on? On. The king said, I don't know what's going on. No one's, no one's telling me what's going on. And this guy, um, he was he called himself William Wither. Wither in Old English means William the Angry. But people started calling him Robert with a hood. We found in a chronicle that it actually said that the, the, the monk, Matthew Paris again, he wrote, he made that map that we talked about earlier. Um, he actually wrote that this guy was uh, he wrote 20 years later after initially writing about this movement in 1231 he wrote 20 years later in the margin robertum thus palliatum pallium is a monk's hood and thus hooded uh, his men obeyed his every order and he was a handsome young man blah 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 and, and my professors said hang on a second this looks like the beginning of the robin hood legend and i showed him all this it's all in latin this is why the, the scholars didn't see it and he said, this is classical Robin Hood. This is amazing. So this was a forgotten political movement in England from the 1230s. And the reason it's forgotten is no newspapers, no writing, right. uh, just a few manuscripts in monasteries, a few official records. There's, we don't know the popular culture of the day uh, without the printing press. We don't know what people thought back then. But this was the original Robin Hood, we think. And um, I still, I'm still sort of working on a paper. I've been working on it for about five well, years. So that's awesome. So like he wasn't just a fictional character, then he really was a dude with similar name who robbed from the rich to give to the poor, like for a political reason though. I mean, like that's, um, that's pretty huge that it, I mean, I wish you, you should do that for King Arthur now. Like. King Arthur's hard art. He's, 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 he's older. Really yeah, yeah, like a lot less paper trail um but oh, yeah. yeah that's awesome so that's 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 pretty cool so so uh, did he only do it for six months is that it no uh what happened was and this is the thing in, in the later robin hood legends which pop up 200 years later in ballads in printed ballads or 300 years later um it says firstly he was anti-clerical he didn't like priests and why is that and i've explained why and why, also it said he went on a, he possibly went on a crusade. It says he, um, he was active for over 20 years in, in Sherwood Forest. And I found out, okay, the Sherwood Forest guy was a guy in Nottingham 20 years later who said, I am Robin Hood. It was, it was like being called Superman or Batman. It's like, I'm Batman. So Robin Hood was a Red criminal. Pirate Robinson or something. Exactly. Yeah. And um, so we found out Robert, Robert Fling. Yes, he went on a crusade possibly. 
uh, like the legend says, like in the Kevin Costner film, he just comes back from a crusade and, and he's going back to his lands. And uh, so that's true. Um, yes, uh, what happened was when he got back from the crusade, um, he's in the King's Palace in, in Windsor and he actually punches uh, a guy. So this guy's kind of violent as well. Uh, so he has his, he has his lands confiscated uh, almost a second time, but then they were given back to him. And the thing is this, um, in the Robin Hood legends of 200 years later, Robin Hood is brought to the king, the king pardons him. In Robert of Thwing, what happens is he is brought to the king, the king pardons him. And it says in one chronicle, if he had executed him as he, he had perhaps should have had, had, have had done, right. um, there would have been a civil war. because like this the people guy would have lost it. Yeah. Huh. Okay. So, so many connections. That's really, really cool. Yeah. All right. That's awesome. So then, um, so then you're just, hey, you're like a history buff through and through all over. Like, you know, that doesn't, you're not, you're not just only focused on the ancient. You're also into not, yeah, I, I'm like that too. I like, I love it all. But okay, okay, so um, back to the the megalithic culture though, real quick. Did you? I don't know. Do you? You have your own. You have your own. Pyra or, sorry, I can't speak today. You have your own theory on what pyramids are, and there. And I like that. I think maybe can you just go into that just real quick? Yeah, sure. So um, the pyramid seems to be uh, the world mound. If you look at the first dynasty mastabas in Egypt, often it, there is a mound in the middle of them, just an earthen mound. What's that doing there? The archaeologists call it a world mound. The world mound is found worldwide, and it basically is, uh, it is in India, it is Mount Meru. And Mer is the name of a pyramid in Egypt. And uh, what Mer basically means, it seems to be a loan word that was introduced to Egypt. It means walls, it means oppression, it means weight, it means, uh, in English, it means more. It means something that's very big. And um, the pyramid points to the four sides of the universe. In Asia, there's a, uh, there is in Buddhist temples, there is something called the guardian of the four, uh, the, of the guardian of the four parts of the world. And so the, the pyramid, it's, it's basically something that's placed in the middle of a country, like Silbury Hill was placed in the middle of a country on that, on that, on that medieval map to protect. And archaeologists say, kind of say the same thing. They say the pyramid was there to protect Egypt, set up by the pharaoh. The pharaoh becomes Osiris, and it's there to protect Egypt. And I'm kind of saying it was the same thing, but, but it, it's not a tomb. That's the thing. It's a world mountain. And they say it's only a tomb. If it was only a tomb, it would be a hole in the ground. Yeah. It's massive. It's a mountain. It's huge. You I can't know? The tomb thing is even still like that. Yeah. That should have been so debunked. It's not even funny. It's crazy. But I mean, they, they use it all the time for everything. Even the Mexican pyramids, they'll say they were, they were tombs for certain, you know, I, I, I don't know. It's, 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 it's crazy. So, and, and pyramids are found everywhere, right? They're. Exactly. But the Egyptologists of Egypt, the archaeologists of Egypt, have based all their theories around the idea that pyramids must have ero arisen in Egypt. 
because if they didn't arise in Egypt, they would have to become worldwide prehistorians and they don't want to do that. They want to stay archaeologists digging and digging only talking about Egypt. But if you look at the recent history of Egypt, since about the ancient period, since about the time of Christ, it's always been under someone's foreign domination, under someone's thumb. It's rarely been an independent country. So why would it even be an independent country in the prehistoric past that we don't really know about? Uh, would it, would, why would it not be under someone's... Uh, uh, a foreigner, a foreigner coming in, building pyramids. That makes sense to me if they built them everywhere else. Yeah. And then like, uh, so you considered the Bosnia pyramid a pyramid? Yes, you know about that, yes. Yeah. So the, the reason for that is a pyramid just it really just needs to be like a, a, a kind of world mountain and you can shape a hill. You can do anything to make a pyramid look like a pyramid, look like something that's pointing to the four corners of the universe. Or, or even it just needs to be a hill. Maybe it can be pointing to the four corners in different ways, like a line of sight to some peak on, uh, like a pimple on the, on the hill somewhere, a little mountain somewhere. And um, if, if a pyramid is based on the world mountain, okay, it doesn't have to have four sides. It doesn't have to be built by man. It doesn't have to be built out of stone to be recognized as something really sacred. And it looks like people did modify the shape of that uh, thing in Bosnia because it's a little bit, little bit too... Too perfect. Yeah. Too perfect. And, and it looks like a pyramid to me. And then I have I have two friends who've actually been there and they're like, well, if it isn't a pyramid, then they they made it into a pyramid. Like yeah, it's constructions all over it. Like it's something. So I don't know. Exactly, exactly. I mean, um, and, and the other thing is the medieval capital city uh of uh what it was, Croatia or Bosnia was was placed on that hill. That's where the city was. So that was a sacred city and that capital was placed there to legitimize the rulers of that country. So that shows that it, it, had, it had a huge use in ancient times and it was hugely important. Well, I'm always looking for, like I went, I went to Arkansas a couple weeks ago and there is this place called Pinnacle Point. It's called Pinnacle Point National Park. And then you look at it, like even if you put that in Google, you'll see it's looks like a pyramid. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a mountain peak, but it's just so perfectly and I, and part of me, I'm always looking for new pyramids. Cause like if Bosnia pyramid just, just found like what, like 20 years ago, there can be other stuff that's still found. So like, I don't, and I feel like, you know, I feel like America is completely ignored with our ancient past. And like, there's other stuff that we don't really know what's going on here. So I, uh, I'm always, I'm always on the lookout for new pyramids. I'll just tell you that. Like I'm always looking. <laughs> um, okay. So I don't know, like, what do you think about the, the, the lost civilization though? Like, do you think that, do you think that um, they really were more advanced than us or do you how, like, or do you just think they had like a different thing? Like sometimes I think like regarding like the geopolymer or regarding like sexy woman or something like say how the, the stones are made, like that's something that we, couldn't even do today like the precision of that and how it's formed and everything part of me almost thinks you know how we discovered electricity and we run everything like electrically i almost think there could have been another thing like that that was discovered that we had that we we had we haven't even touched that they touched but they didn't discover electricity it's almost like there could have been two different kinds of physics that were um played with what what do you think how 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 advanced do you think these people really were there was a there was a great lost civilization which was super advanced before 10,000 BC, 
with, with everything that the Mahabharata describes, the spaceships and everything. But there were also lesser advanced civilizations. For example, when we look at the Great Pyramid, we're confronted with something that seems to have been built in Khufu's time. There's a great deal of evidence for that. So we have to think, well, what level of technology was that? And the, the, the basically, since the geodetic coordinates of the Earth, since the uh, 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 programmed into the world, into the into the Great Pyramid, because it is a, a miniature form of a world mountain, so it has to actually be the size, uh, a scale representation of the planet Earth, and it's been found to be the case by mathematicians. Um, they have stated, uh, one mathematician has stated, uh, Livio Staccini, that the Great Pyramid should also be uh, built by a people who had almost a space age level of science, almost a 20th century level of science, uh, maybe 19th century, maybe 18th century, but approaching that, that our level of science today. So if they had this, say, in the early uh, 2000s BC, uh, the early 3000s BC, then that means there were people almost like us, but maybe on a, on a maybe, maybe not necessarily a worldwide civilization, but they had intelligence. I often think that a, a primitive type of computer was used to program the layout of the, of the Giza complex because they had to incorporate, and this was in the ancient legends, all the science of the day in, was incorporated in the Arab legends into the great pyramids. And in order to do that, you would have to have run a computer program uh, make sure everything was placed in there in a type of code. And because what they're finding is there's mathematical overlays and there's lots of different overlays. They're, they're finding all these mathematical ratios and amazing things in the way the pyramids are laid out. And uh, you have to wonder, how do, they, how do they put all this in there? Did they have a type of computer? I, I'm almost, almost convinced they had a primitive type of computer to do this or very skilled mathematicians. So yeah, I think that everything that we've gone through in our own civilization, including stuff in excess of what we've developed has been in the past. Everything, everything, even stuff we cannot imagine today, maybe even stuff like time travel, uh, maybe everything has happened before. And, and this, uh, you know, I, I think, I find it just incredible. I mean, you look at, uh, for example, lee lines. I think a lee line is an ancient road. Forget about the energy. I said to someone, if this is an energy line, where do I plug in my toaster? This isn't an, an energy line. This is an ancient road cutting across continents. They go across straight across the Mediterranean as if there wasn't any water there. Um, this is uh, something on a, from, from a different earth, you know, built by a superior uh, civilization to us even. Well, I mean, what do you think about like dimensions? Like for me, I, um, I don't know how to tackle this even, but I, um, the last like three or four years, I've, I've, well, it started out like I took some mushroom trip where I had an ego death and I saw all these damn fairies. And then I was like, oh, that's weird. I've never been, I've never been obsessed with fairies or never thought anything about fairies. And then like just stone cold, like not on any kind of psychedelic. I've seen like a unicorn. I've seen, uh, which that was a whole other thing. Like I went to this portal in, in Columbia that was supposed to be an Atlantis portal that's what intrigued me to go. So like, whatever I went, I didn't see any Atlantis portal, but I did have a unicorn like tap me on the shoulder. And that was, a, it was a white horse with a horn. I don't know. I guess I, I would call that a unicorn, but for better or for worse, it was a real life 3d physical horse that had a horn on it. And I wasn't the only one to see it. So then I've also seen like little like a little gnome thing before, like with my niece in the forest. I mean, there's, I, I don't know. So part of me is thinking like, I, I never even wanted any of that stuff to be true or 
maybe I just have a th open third eye or something. I don't really know. But part of me thinks that um, if that's a thing, I don't even know, uh, there might be inner dimensions or there might be other other existences that are overlaid on top of ours. And so that's where I think maybe something with the fairy elf realm might actually be true. Or it could be like ghost of remnants past, like kind of like how you were saying dinosaurs could be dragons and maybe, I don't, I don't know. So what do you think about all, have you ever touched any of that realm or thought about that at all? Well, it's, 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 it's very strongly related to UFO research. Um, there are books saying that all the fairies and gnomes of the past are, are just, just the old way of describing aliens in this day and age, mm. because when people have an alien encounter, they're not exactly, you know, fully, fully conscious. Uh, they're, they're, they're almost, you know, under, it's almost like being under a type of sedation or something, and they're almost in a dream world. So, uh, and this is, this is not induced, you know, uh, this is just induced by, by literally the, the magnetism of the UFO or whatever it is, uh, interfering with our brains uh, or, or putting us in, in, in their world, their alternate world. Um, so, yeah, you know, I mean, this is what, what you saw, what you mentioned about the gnome, you know, this is, this is very common. This is, you know, people say this over and over again, and you see this in the history books as well, that they say that the gnomes and things, uh, they, they look like little demons or little monsters sometimes. Um, I think they're related to ghosts, the, the unicorn thing. Uh, sure, you know, I mean, this is possibly part of a similar phenomena. Uh, unicorns are white. So the white lady is something that's seen quite a lot. We know uh, apparitions of the Virgin Mary. Uh, but before that, it's not just that. It's sometimes uh, it's a woman saying there's going to be a nuclear war. Uh, you have to prepare, you have to save the trees, save the forests. The so, thing or whatever. Yeah, sometimes, sometimes the whole UFO thing is what people expect to be, expect uh, uh, to be real. Something they've seen on TV and, 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 and that, that, become, that becomes reality when they have the UFO encounter or the, the close encounter or whatever, whatever is causing it. You know, I think it's, I personally think it's something on, a, on our planet Earth that's, that's generating that, that, you know, that magnetic comet field again. But, um, but there's more to it than that. It's so complicated. We don't know what it is. It is. It is really weird. And I, I've also heard people um, talk about how it might be like the earth itself is a being and it could be like kind of like some sort of communication consciousness of her, of the earth herself, like manifesting, talking to the things that are on top of her. I, I don't know. Somebody Somebody pointed that out to me recently and I thought, maybe I don't know who knows like honestly like who really knows but um I mean yeah it it goes into you know a lot of but it's it, it for me I do think it's interesting how there's been history of these kinds of things for a long long time it's yeah, not absolutely. a modern phenomenon it goes it goes all the way back it's it's not it's not a modern phenomenon I mean there's even UFOs I mean, uh, in the, the 19th century, they were, what they said, they were Asians in hot air balloons. That's what they called aliens in the 19th century. And they were seen over America, <laughs> you know, and uh, yeah. It yeah, and even further back than that, in the, like, the 1500s, there was like some sort of war in the sky over like Nuremberg, Germany. And then there was like this, there's also a really cool tale of this woman who pops out of a, a sea pod and she was 
like 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 she came basically they describe a ufo that came out of the ocean in japan like it, i think it was also in the either the 1400s or 1415 or 1600 somewhere in there and she lived with them for like a month and resupplied herself and then got in her ship and and left i mean there's 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 crazy legends all over the place that you that you hear about that you're kind of going like what that's amazing crazy but so basically i'm just saying none of this is a new phenomenon yeah so anyway okay so tell us about some of your other books like what what should people buy from you which books is, is like your book well it's probably see see the pyramids book is probably a little bit too long uh so the, the good book is confessions of the gods and i did that sort of as an homage to the ancient astronauts book of the books of the 60s and 70s so it's short it's easy to read. I made it like a, a little bit goofy, a bit funny. Um, and I noticed the cover has lamb, like, isn't that Aleister Crowley's lamb on it or something or? Yes, yeah. it is. That image, however, is also used to describe Boscop Man who had an enormous head found in South Africa. And when they found him, they said, this guy's more modern than modern man because basically it's an example of neoteny. So neoteny is, um, for example, a whale, a sperm whale you mentioned earlier, it looks like a huge fetus. So a sperm whale being a very huge giant creature is very neotenous. And it might be a thing that the bigger the creature, the more neotenous it is. So basically the juvenile carries through, the juvenile form carries through into an Humans are more neotenous than chimpanzees. A chimpanzee uh, baby looks like a human. A chimpanzee adult looks like a different creature. So um, that looks like a human baby. And it, adult looks like a different creature. So what was my point again? My point was basically this creature, bigger skull, bigger frontal brain than modern man found in South Africa. Was he the ancient giant? And so I put him on the cover. Is he the Nephilim? Uh, so I, I even wrote on my website, this is not an alien because someone, you know, someone attacking me on Facebook said, oh, this guy's into aliens. I saw his book. You know, it's not an alien. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's the representation of the Boscott man. But if it's Alistair Crowley's lamb, how did he get this lamb vision? Is, is, was this, is this something from the past, something from the future broadcasting into his brain? He was inspired to draw something that looks like an alien. Well, and it's like they always talk about the egregore, like the thought form, you know, like the, like they created that thought form, but it could have been, yeah, who knows, like exactly what you're saying from the past. Um, yeah, that's, so that, that's, so that's a good book to get then if we want to get yeah. some, yeah, okay, cool. I want to check that out for sure. And then I also saw that you do tours in Australia. I, I did. I stopped in. I stopped uh, before I went to America in 2017, and then I, I didn't start them up again. But I was doing a ghost tour. I was doing a uh, crime tour. They were both very popular. And then I was doing an architecture tour. We have a street called Collins Street, best street in Australia, old banks from the 19th century. And uh, that wasn't very popular at all. People just wanted to do the crime and the ghosts. So. Right. <laughs> I've done a couple of those those tours, like uh, not not as a tour guide, but as a as a person going on them. Like I did one in Edinburgh, like a ghost tour in Edinburgh. You went into the sewers, like or yeah, it was it was cool. I liked it. So yeah, those those are, those are really cool. Um, okay, and then so what are you? What's your future plans? What are you trying to do now? Well, actually, believe it or not, so I'm doing a diploma. I'm doing a diploma. I'm going to move into the financial world. Uh, mortgage broking. And uh, so oh. I'm working on that. And it's so, so hard to do YouTube and that at the same time. I'll tell you what, so I might take a bit of a break 
uh, from well, YouTube. Just do it less frequency. Don't quit YouTube. You're so good. You really Thank are. You. Maybe, maybe, yeah. Maybe that's a good idea, actually. Just uh, maybe once a month and uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like like just do one video a month and stuff. I think people would still be like, oh. Yeah, yeah. thank you. Yeah. But you've been very <laughs> prolific on YouTube so far. And I, and I really, really, I, I think it's awesome. And people can support you on, you have a big Patreon page. Is that right? Yeah, uh, Patreon and um, yeah, you've got Patreon and uh, they can have a look at that if they want. And uh, also my homepage, charlescost.com. They can they can have a squiz. I've put so many of the theories there in writing, so they can have a look at that as well. Ugh, I love your theories. I don't want you to become a muggle. Don't get all into finance and then forget <laughs> about all this stuff. It's too cool. <laughs> There's enough people doing muggle things. There's not enough Charles Cosses. So that's, yeah, there should be more. <laughs> Okay, so this has been an awesome time. I've like really enjoyed talking to you. So um, yeah, like, uh, yeah, is there, is there, so t tell us real quick where everybody can find you and then we'll let you go. Yeah, so all the theories are on YouTube. The channel is Charles Cost, K-O-S, uh, and uh, you can check it all out. And uh, also the, the same name for my website, charlescost.com and all the theories are there and I put them there because I think people, you know, I've come up with some ideas and I think people, people got to know that there's more to the ancient past than, uh, than, than what Wikipedia says, basically. <laughs> awesome. Super cool. All right. Well, thank you for coming on. Thank you, Nikki. Ha, ha, ha.